What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, keep an eye on the sky. My wife sent me a picture earlier of the hail all over the front porch of my house. So, uh, so just, you, you've already brainwashed her, too, to watch the weather? Well, I mean, she oh, just she, sent it like to me, too. so she would no, know that I, you know. That, she knows that, you the watcher. That is something that I would be uh, very much uh, thinking like, hmm. Has your family inherited that from you? Yeah, that trait that like, you have. You know, like, do your kids keep an eye on the weather? Too. My daughter doesn't. She's just ambivalent about everything. <laughs> like, she's like, weather smether. What? What happened last night? Well, a tornado You should have added your teenage daughter. My teenage daughter is ambivalent. Like, oh, what, what happens? Hey, there's ice all over the porch. It's hail. Oh. Oh. It's hail then. Hail on the front porch. Look at that. Uh, That's I, how she is. Yeah, I, I have to say, my wife is uh, not quite you, but she is definitely on that road, on that track for sure. And uh, she, well, she, yeah, she grew up in uh, H-Town, so yeah, Houston. Now, my son, though, it can thunder. My son's like, what is that? <laughs> so he is oh, so he, high he, percent. He's eight. So and yes, it's the same husband dog. and wife. We have an eight-year-old and a 16-year-old and no one in between, so you don't have to. Anyway, yes. So I have a young one who is very cognizant of the weather and a 16-year-old who is just like, oh, man. So what happened? It stormed last night? You know. Yeah. What about your dog? This dog is not nearly as afraid of storms as the previous dog. Uh, the previous dog, if it was storming, would sleep like right on top of my head. What? Now, we have little dogs. Right, 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 right. Just think of like a teddy bear with a personality. She would be so scared. She would sleep like all over my face if you're on zone tv chat like right in my oh, face this wow. the current dog is like i don't like this but you guys seem okay so i'm, I'm okay. good as long as i just you know right here in the corner of the bed i'm good yeah coco the dog is like this, this seems fine but I, i'm not crazy about these loud noises but i'm just gonna sit with somebody and i'll be fine previous dog had all kinds of trouble with it yeah. What about my man Ziggy? Is he? Oh yeah, he just, he just he just whines. He he gets nervous. <laughs> yeah, he just, mm, mm, mm. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Come on over here. He's just trying to console him and, and rub him. You know, if they start going doom 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 doom, he he starts running around and he wants to bark. Like, oh, something's going on here. This is not good. I'm scared. <laughs> something scared me. And no, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And my dog hardly ever barks. I mean, it would take everything. Somebody has to knock on the door for him to bark. Like, hey, hey, somebody's in there because he's scared of that. Like, oh, he doesn't like somebody showing up. Nah. No. No. Does he sleep between you and mama? No. Yeah, right in the corner. No, okay. he, ain't, he ain't right in between. He in the corner. Yeah, my wife is real specific. You stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang. <laughs> I hope you don't accidentally kick him out. <laughs> That's happened a few occasions, though. Um, well, I mean, all these GM candidates, they need better weather to uh, fly in and out for these interviews. Uh, Ryan Cowden and Monty Ossenfort uh, today, per Ian Rapsheet, uh, Ian Rappaport, are talking to the Titans, basically meaning somebody went down the hall and said, hey, man, it's your turn. I've always thought that was odd for like mm. a guy to get an interview for his next job in his own building. Mm. 
because you know, like you being you, the already, one, you know them already. Like right? You're in the lunch room and you're like, "Hey, man, we're having tacos today." It's like, don't forget, we've got to interview about your future mm-hmm. here in this building yeah. in you know 37 minutes. But yeah, it's Taco Day. Awesome. And well, by the you way, know, it's, it's interesting though when you're talking about a GM job, though. You know, you get to hear their ideas and influence yep. on how they would run their own own team as the GM. So that that's the part maybe you never have those kind of conversations with them uh, during the time they are in the building, at least from a, a GM perspective and, a, and, you know, being a scout, besides asking them how they scouted an individual player, whether it's on the pro side or the college side. So, you know, some people have really unique ideas and how they would go about things and, you know, how does analytics play into it? Uh, when you're, you know, observing players, it is even a factor to you. Uh, does it even come into play or, you know, based off of how they played in college or how they do in the pros or how successful a quarterback will be in the National Football League? So it's always intriguing. I, I love to listen to, you know, their their ideas. Yeah, I would. I'd love to be in that meeting. I, w- I would, too. I'm fascinated by this stuff. And there's I don't it's. I, it maybe a bot zero and there's a dash and some other things that said, I got interviewed for a promotion all the time. Well, for anybody who's listening, you may get an interview for a promotion at work and then they go, well, we're going to go with Fred, but you know, we love what you're doing. If these guys don't get this job, the next GM is going to come in and hire other people probably who do what they do. Right. I mean, the, the person in house typically, and I don't, I'm not going to say always, but typically it's just hard for them to get that job. Mm-hmm. And then when the new person comes in, then they wipe them out. Yep. You know, they want to bring in their people that they know and trust and have the same vision, what they're doing. I feel like, man, would at least learn and see what maybe you could get it from someone who's already in-house. But it, it kind of it never works that way. Uh, Bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham, uh, Albert Breer reported he um, will talk with Arizona, the Cardinals, today. Uh, and that I guess his interview with the Titans, I don't want to say it's Saturday. Uh, but he's got his interview set up. Uh, Rand Carthon is supposed to interview tomorrow, Friday. A couple of other guys who've been mentioned, Glenn Cook, assistant GM of the Browns. I haven't seen a day for him, but uh, Quentin Harris, who's currently with the Cardinals, uh, vice president of player personnel, he's supposed to come in Saturday. 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters said no, he did not want to interview. Uh, Malik Boyd, who's the Bills senior director of pro personnel, I haven't seen a time for him yet. Uh, Cunningham is interesting. There's a lot of people blame who like, like if, him. Yeah. If you just look at fans who are tweeting about it, and uh, even a lot of accounts and different people cover the Titans, this seems to be a guy who's very intriguing to them because uh, he started his career with the Ravens, so he learned at the feet of the Ozzy, the man, the, the guru, Ozzy, mm-hmm. um, and Ozzy Newsome. If you're saying who's Ozzy, not Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy Newsome, the other Ozzy. Mm. Then he goes to Philly in 2017 and helps build all that Philly has, and worked mm. with. Uh, that crew, because I had somebody tell me, look, man, this guy works for the Bears. I don't want anybody who's been with the Bears. The Bears well, he, only, he, didn't, he went to the Bears in 2022. So oh, he's only been there since January of 2022. Oh, since they hired the new staff with the, the new gym. He came in with that guy. Okay. So don't let the stink of the Bears affect how you think about this guy. But uh, he's really intriguing because with the Ravens, if you watch them, like when people start talking about, oh boy, draft misses, you know, this guy and that guy. Nobody really ever talks about the Ravens. Mm-mm, the Ravens and Steelers have are a couple of those teams that never come up oh, yeah. where people just have some colossal bomb of a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Ozzie Newsome forever. Mm-hmm. So this dude learned at the feet of the master. I read an interview with him and he said, 
you know, it'd be early in the morning. It'd be late at night. If his light was on, I would go down there and just ask him questions until until I couldn't ask him anymore. Mm. So I, I love that. Anybody who learned from Ozzie Newsom, I mean, that is, man, that is, uh, that's just a heck of a guy to learn from. And then we've seen how well the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles have A.J. Brown and a quarterback playing well on a rookie contract that they picked and chose and drafted. What was he, a second-round draft pick, Jalen Hurts. Mm. So, I mean, they didn't have a high pick. They picked a second-round pick, and they got what they needed out of him. Well, it was a lot of people who weren't sure going into the season yep. if he could be that franchise quarterback. That's the question uh, for them. Yeah, and I, I thought he could be because in the limited time that he did play as a starter, I thought, man, I think he can build on that You know, as things go along. And I like his mindset and how much he's improved every time I've watched him play quarterback at different places from his Alabama days and then to Oklahoma and then at Philly. I just keep seeing him as a passer mm-hmm. continue to grow. We all know he's a good athlete and he can run and do all these things, but I wanted to see him continue to grow as a passer. And I love his leadership skills and his mindset of what he brings uh, to the table, to his team. Uh, so a uh, very calm, cool customer type guy. I like my quarterbacks like that. Uh, you know, especially when they're young, because usually you got that rah rah guy in you, and he he doesn't have that. So that means he's gonna be unweathered during the storm. You know, oh no, they they bring it all over the place, and I'm just two 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 two. Yep, we got him. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interested to see. Hey, also, does he get paid? That's gonna be a question. I mean, if he takes him all the way to a Super Bowl which, you know, a lot of people predicting the Eagles from the NFC are the 49ers. Man, that's, I think he's going to be worthy. Going to be hard to to backpedal out of that one. <laughs> Woo. We asked the question at Blaine and Mickey, director of content. Blaine Bishop said, man, I wonder, do you hire the GM first or should you start hiring assistants first? So that's what we asked. Should the Titans hire a new general manager before starting to fill vacancies on the coaching staff. So the two answers, yes, need collaboration. That's Amy Adams Strunk's word. Or no, let Rabel work. 60-40 right now, yes, need collaboration. So Titans fans are like, eh, I'd love another guy. Come in and give his two cents worth on this. Mm. Yeah, I always feel like the coaches should be able to hire their, <laughs> you know, their own coaches. So I'm, I'm sure that is. And the reason why I think they should – Kind of wait to see which GM, though, before he hires the coaches to see if the GM is in line with the actual philosophy, offensive philosophy, uh, in the direction that you're going. And I'm not talking about revamping. I, you know, there's going to be an element that you have to run the football in the National Football League to have success. But, you know, we can't be running, you know, 70% of the same plays on first down. <laughs> like, can we be a little more creative? So let's kind of balance this out a little bit uh, with some, you know, more creativity and uh, without getting away from too much of what you want to be and what this league is going to. Uh, so I, I really believe that the GM is you know, going to ask, you know, hey, let's try to be a little broader mind on on our offensive, uh, you know, higher on the OC. You know, especially if they continue on with Tannehill and, and the King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you think, like you said earlier, every guy that walks in and sits down, they ask him, what should we do? Mm-hmm. Get rid of Tannehill? Get rid of King? Do you try to trade him? Think there's value? Should we just get a better offensive line? A couple more weapons? Another cornerback? Can we run it back? What do you think? What's your plan if we hire you? Mm. Ooh. 
Yeah, that bitch. to the chase. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I think when we come back. Well, I'm we'll ask Eric Eager, Eager. Eager. Yeah, what would he, he do as well? Eric Eager, long time of pro football focus. He's got a new gig, but he's still yeah. covering the league through the numbers. Yeah. We'll talk to Big Timer. Eric Eager next. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at cumulusboost.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Hope you guys are doing well out there and gals today. We haven't talked to this dude in a while. It's been so long he's got another job. Eric Eager joins us now at Eric Eager underscore. All right, longtime PFF guy. Tell us about the, and I know it's not super new because you've been at this for a minute, but tell people the new gig and kind of what you're doing now and how they can consume the Eric Eager experience. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks, guys. It's uh, it's fun to chat with you guys again. Yeah, I'm uh, with Sumer Sports. We um, are a startup that was uh, founded by Paul Tudor Jones, who's actually uh, I think he's got Nashville roots, um, but he's a an equity uh, a trader. Um, you know, who he and his son wanted to do football analytics, so they they hired uh, Thomas Dimitrov, the former GM of the Falcons, uh, and myself and a few other people, and and were. You know, kind of doing you know, roster optimization tools and uh, things like that kind of beneath the surface. And we also are starting a little bit of a media uh, wing as well. Uh, the Sumer Sports Show with myself and Thomas Dimitrov uh, is, is twice a week uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Well, there you go, man. Just, just putting that greatness out there everywhere. So let's just start with this. You and a former GM there doing, uh, you know, this analytical work and telling people about uh, the football world Tear your take on uh, the Titans. Obviously, they parted company with John Robinson, and uh, names have been leaked of who they'll be meeting with, including a couple of in-house guys. But, Eric, thoughts on letting go of John Robinson and maybe what the right next step is for the Titans from here? Yeah, it was at a strange timing, right? But then, you know, obviously, as, as you guys all know, the Titans kind of, you know, failed down the stretch there uh, in large part because that roster had kind of gone a little bit bare. Um you know, I, when as somebody who's sort of with, you know, who who follows the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit, um, you know, I I sort of view this as a little bit of a similarity to when you know they let John Dorsey go in 2017. John had you know helped you know get the Chiefs from you know two and 14 to 11 and five in the playoffs a few times, and you know, even drafted Patrick Mahomes. But ultimately, when it came down to okay, who is going to have the most power in the organization? They kind of had to choose between Andy Reid, uh, you know, and uh, and John Dorsey, and of course they chose Andy Reid. Went with Brett Beach, and things have been pretty good since. Uh, I think when you look at you know the Titans and all the success they've had, you know, over the past you know half a decade or so, you know they got to kind of choose between you know was it Brable or is it Robinson, and and they chose Rabel. 
but they do now have to pick a GM to come in and backfill. Our guest, Eric Eager, at Eric Eager underscore uh, Sumer Sports, where you can find him. Yes, Eric. So let, let's talk a little bit about how do you evaluate when you're bringing them in for an interview? Like, what are some of the questions and conversations you think they're having with the potential GM? Oh, that's so good. Because, like, because for me, it's I'm going to be asking questions about, you know, um, you know, are you, you there's there are different types of GMs, right? So you have evaluator types. So Thomas, my my boss, the CEO of Super Sports, he came up through you know scouting and 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 that kind of thing. He's going to want to be an evaluator type. I just uh, visited visited Minnesota with Quasi Adapo Mensa, who is a, a former equities trader himself, and and uh, is now the GM of the Vikings. Um, you have cap guys like Howie Roseman. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, you kind of have what, have to know which what kind of guy he is, right? Is he an evaluator? Is he a an analyst? Or is he a cap guy? Because that's going to change who you want around them. And so some of the questions beyond that are going to be, okay, who do you surround yourself with? Quasi, who is not a former football player, not a former scout, he surrounds himself with Ryan Grigson, the former GM of the Colts, so that he can help him on the scouting side. Um, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, Thomas Dimitrov would probably add somebody on the analytics side. Uh, so uh, questions about staffing and sort of how do you complete that? And then, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it is how do you make decisions? You know, I, I think, you know, in, in my perfect world, you know, the GM isn't an evaluator anymore. He's just a person that puts a bunch of people in place, gathers a ton of information, whether that be scouting data, whether that be, um, you know, uh, medicals and things like that on the players and then makes decisions. They're not evaluating the players on the field anymore. They're just putting the pieces together. Um, and, and I think what an owner really wants is, does that, you know, general manager candidate have a, you know, sound uh, habit in terms of how he makes decisions, how he or she makes decisions with the information provided to him. Mm. Would you like to know as a ownership, an ownership group who's all going to be sitting in there, uh, I, I guess, what maybe GMs do when they're, take a reach on a player because it's more of a need or do they, you know, just pick the best available player? How do you go about asking that question and how, how do most potential GMs answer? Yeah, I think it's it's a great question. I think you have to ask like, what is your right to win as a GM? Right. So, you know, when essentially like, where are you going to find edges in the league? Like, so for somebody like me as an analytics person, I'm probably not going to out scout anybody. So I'm just going to pick the players straight out the consensus board. But what I will be able to do is I'll be able to find the trades that get me value. I'll be able to do that kind of thing. Um, somebody who is a better evaluator who has great scouts, they might be able to say with definitive, you know, uh, evidence that they can draft better than other people. They, it's a long shot. You know, I think it's tough to do that. But you could say, look, when I pick this guard over that guard, there's a 55% chance that this guard is better than that guard. And, you know, that's higher than league average. And so I think that, you know, the ownership is really going to want to know, like, what is your process? How do you come to the decision of, of drafting a player when you deviate from consensus? And we're going to get into draft season pretty soon here, right? When you deviate from what the public boards say, what is your right to be right there? What about, about how much capital you spend on a position group? And I'm referencing when I'm talking about the Titans, I'm talking about, uh, more about Jeffrey Simmons and then what he brings to the table. And he still has another year in his contract, but we have a you know big-time player like that. You typically want to give him long-term, or do you say maybe this is capital for me then to trade and get more capital 
for our draft picks and have a, another first and a third? And then how do you respond to that if you're an owner, if you want to keep that player around? Yeah, that, I mean, you have to have, I think, if you're going to have, you're going to have those arguments, you're going to want to be able to value players, right? So, you know, what we had at PFF and like what I think a few teams in the league have will say, we'll say, okay, given how good they are on the field, given their production, how, how much are they worth? So let's say Ryan Tannehill or Jeffrey Simmons is worth, let's say on the field he's worth $33 million to the Titans, right? Then you're going to say, okay, well, I can't pay him any more than 33 per year unless I think, A, he's going to get better, or B, he's even a bigger force multiplier than that based upon jersey sales, based upon how much he helps the other players around him. I either need players who provide a surplus relative to what they are on the field versus what they're paid, or players that make other players better so that you can generate surpluses out of them. And you have to have a, a really good discussion about that. I mean, uh, the same thing's true about quarterback, right? Is, is Ryan Tannehill the type of quarterback that makes everybody around him better, or is he the kind of quarterback that needs a good environment to be good? Because, you know, you'll pay the former as much money as they want. You know, the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomeses and the Justin Herberts, they're that kind of player, and they're, I don't think there's a ceiling on what you should pay them because they make everything better. Tannehill's been a wonderful quarterback for the Titans when things have been good. The question is, is when you pay him, you know, top market deals, once you subtract from the other players on the field, can he maintain that excellence of play? And I think that's the question mark. And I think that's true about every position. So you really have to have a, what is the surplus value of paying this player this year that much money? And if it's negative, you better have a really good reason for wanting to keep him around. Well, with Eric Eager, uh, VP of uh, Sumer Sports, right? So you mentioned Ryan Tannehill. Certainly that's the 38 around ish, $36 million question around here is what they do or don't do. And do they shed that salary? So I'll ask you specifically about the Titans, Eric, and then just your philosophy. Do you think the Titans have gone past the point of we can fix this? Let's blow, you know, let's don't blow it up. Should the Titans rebuild or reload? And then I'll ask you, do you have a certain thing, like a metric or something that hits for you, or is it you just know it when you see it? Or is it about the quarterback? Yeah, with rebuild versus just blow it up versus let's try to build it back again with the current foundation. Yeah, Arjun Menon, one of my uh, my former interns, uh, he wrote a really good piece at PFF earlier this week, which is basically looking at, you know, taking – how much, how much cap space do you have available to you? How much draft capital do you have available to you? And if that number is above or below league average, you have to consider things. So last year, for mm, example, yeah, Can- Kansas City was, you know, they only had 23 players under contract for the 2023 season. And, and they, you know, they obviously have made four straight AFC title games. They won a Super Bowl. But you could start to see, okay, it's time to maybe rebuild the roster. So they go and they trade Tyree Kill for five draft picks and the $25 million that Tyree Kill wasn't going to be paid. And now they're the ones in the AFC, and they have some of the healthiest in terms of resources. They're 11th in resources uh, for 2023 offseason, despite the fact they have the NFL's best roster, mm-hmm. or best, best record, not record. best roster. I think the Bills have the best roster. But, you know, that, that's what you have to look at. Now, the Titans, you know, they, they – you know, they have to pay Simmons. You know, they have to think about Tannehill. Um, you know, they, one of the reasons they traded A.J. Brown was because they felt that they could get, you know, Traylon Burks on a surplus because he would be making so much less than Antonio, or, sorry, A.J. Brown, 
And, um, I, you know, that was part of that process. I, I think, you know, with respect to this Titans team, are there really good blue chip players to, to sort of build around? There's a few, but I don't think there's enough at key enough positions. And indeed, and in, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, the best players, the, you know, Austin Hoopers, the, the Robert Woods, and then specifically Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, those guys are on the wrong side of the age curve too. So in my opinion, you add all that up, and to me it means I think a little bit of a rebuild for the Titans. And I think it, it probably has to start with a quarterback because it looks like Malik Willis, even if he does have a lot of athletic talent to him, is not quite ready yet. Like you wouldn't be comfortable if you were the Titans going into next year with him as the starter. Ooh. So what do they do a quarterback then? I mean, wait for David Carr to get cut or Derek Carr rather. Or Der- I mean, or do you do a stopgap guy? Yeah, Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. Mike White. Like what? What would you do then? Because you're already paying Tannehill, well, dead cap a lot not to play. So there'd still be money devoted to the position. What would your plan be if the Titans hire you as GM? Because they need one, Eric. Uh, I I think you 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 have to consider you know the draft. You have to consider moving up or you know, thinking about, you know, if somebody falls to you like an Anthony Richardson out of Florida or something like that, you have to, in my opinion, consider that. Um, but then, you you know, the problem is, is you know, they're not – their record wasn't so bad that they're picking at the top top. So one of those guys that gets chosen is going to be a more of a project, much like Willis would or was, right? And so, you know, you do probably have to get yourself, uh, you know, a quarterback that has, you know, something to him that, uh, that you can buy into now – there are going to be players available. I mean, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo will be available. Um, you know, Derek Carr might be too expensive to your point because they're going to be paying Tannehill something. You could even bridge it with Tannehill um, and maybe get him on a contract kind of reduced the same way that, that Jimmy Garoppolo did if there isn't a market for Tannehill uh, next year in the trade in trading or uh, if he doesn't sense one after being cut. Like that was, you know, Jimmy G's problem. He's like no other team wanted him, so he had to reduce his, his contract to come back to San Fran. So I think it's some combination of those things. Um, but, you know, given the, the status of the Titans roster, I think that the next general manager, if he comes in, should probably look at the situation and say, look, 2023, we can, you know, see, see some improvement here. The division isn't very good, so you might be able to win it. Um, but for the most part, this is you, you got to plan for 24 and beyond, uh, just given how you know the roster has sort of evolved over time. Eric Eager hanging out with us at Eric Eager underscore. Long time with PFF, now the VP of R and D at Sumer Sports. Yeah. Yes, Eric. I, I don't. Do you have? Uh, I guess your analytic numbers for the Titans roster uh, available? Because I, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on Petit Frere at offensive tackle and what his numbers look like in totality at the end of his season as a starter? Because I'm not sure if he's a true start in this league or is he that, you know, you know, go from backup left tackle and backup right tackle. I, I know he's still in his rookie year and is going to improve, but there's sometimes I thought he was, and then there's other times that season went on. I don't know if his injuries or what, but uh, he didn't look so good. Uh, I can certainly look at, at – I do have uh, some of his um... – some of the statistics. So you're basically looking at a guy who had some moments early in the season, especially mm-hmm. the Indianapolis and, and Houston game. Uh, but from where I see it, he didn't grade the best. He gave up sacks in three consecutive games um, down the stretch. So, I, you know, the thing about offensive line play, you know, and it's, you know, you're talking about a third round pick. The thing about offensive line play that's frustrating is that you oftentimes will draft these guys and you need them to play. Um, and you're talking, you know, he had 
you know, 937 snaps this year. So he certainly played, um, but it takes them a year or two to, to play well. Andrew Thomas was one of the worst players in the NFL in 2020 for the Giants. He's now an all-pro type player, you know. Mm. Um, Garrett Bradbury for the Vikings as a center was four years of being the worst player in the uh, at the position in the league, and now he's passable. Um, the Vikings are even worried about missing him this weekend. Uh, you know, so it's tough. Like, uh, I would put more signal in the fact that he played a lot this year and, you know, the Titans never replaced him and the fact he's only 23 years old, uh, that, you know, there, things might look up a little bit. Additionally, and this is if, if the Titans decide to go in the direction of Malik Willis, running quarterbacks when the offense is structured well, and no Todd Downing is out the door, running quarterbacks, make life easier on the offensive line, especially in the run game. So um, I think, and you saw that in the Chiefs game, you saw that in the Houston game where Willis got to start and they ran the football a lot. That made the offensive line had a, a decent time of it run blocking in that, in those games because the, the defense has to worry about the, the second running option and it makes life easier on the, on the, on the offensive line. So I, I, you know, he didn't play well this year, but most offensive linemen struggle. It's hard. The harder it is, you know, the closer you are to the ball, the harder it is to mm. evolve from college to pro. Gotcha. All right, on the free agent list of offensive linemen, give me your top three who graded out uh, there uh, at offensive tackle as well as guard. Oh, man, so free agents. So let me look here quickly, uh, pull, pull this up here. Yes, we for, have Nate Davis is up, and, you know, Brewer's yeah. not really a guard. He's more of a center. So the Titans got to yeah. revamp their offensive line and somewhat like the Kansas City Chiefs did last year in, or two years ago when they quickly did it with draft pick signing and then, uh, you know, some luck along the way, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, too. Yeah, yeah. The Chief, I mean, the Chiefs in that way got kind of lucky because, because they they drafted Creed Humphrey and and Trey, Trey Smith. Smith. Trey Smith was mm-hmm. a a Tennessee guy, you know, yeah, yeah, he's strong t- guy who's been yeah, amazing. But you know, it's hard because you know the tackles are not going to be great players. Orlando Brown is available. He hasn't been bad for Kansas City. In fact, he's had a good second half of the year. Um, he was on the franchise tag this year. Uh, George Fant has been a guy. George Fant is a classic example of what you're looking at in in Nicholas Petit Freer, where. You know, George Fant was terrible for the Seahawks. And then, you know, he, he stayed in the league because he was athletic. He's 31 now. And now he's, you know, fairly good tackle in the league. Not great, but, but passable. Um, you have uh, Matt Pryor, the Colts, who, who has struggled at times. Eric mm-hmm. Fisher, who's the former number one overall pick by the Chiefs. He's available. But, again, he hasn't been able to hold on for very long. Andre Dillard was a first-round pick by the Eagles, but he lost his job. Um, you know, uh, and so he's been more of a swing tackle. But, again, maybe he's somebody at 28 years old that could be a player. If you look at the interior, that's where you're going to find more starting caliber players. Connor McGovern of the Jets, Isaac Smalu of the Eagles, um, you know, Justin Pugh of the Cardinals, who's bounced around the league and been fine. Austin Blythe, who, who was once a player, you know, starter for the Chiefs, uh, played almost 100% of the snaps. Uh, for the Seahawks this year at center. So they're, you know, and generally speaking, you're be, going to be able to find guards and and, and centers in free agency more than you're going to be able to find tackles because tackles are just more of a premium spot. Right. You generally have to pick those guys high in the right. draft uh, and, and then, you know, hope that they pan out for their surplus years. Real quick, I guess, where was Nate Davis? What was his grade? I know he missed a lot of games with injury here at the end, but uh, what was, how did he uh, Nate Davis out? of the Titans. Yes, Let's look. guard. Um, yeah, he had, I mean, he had a, 70.6 grade from PFF, and he only gave up, you know, 10, 10 hurries all year, three sacks. Uh, so, you know, fairly even in run blocking and pass blocking. So, 
you know, I, you know, I, I think he's going to be a player who uh, will have a market um, one day and, you know, but is not necessarily somebody the Titans should, you know, fall over backwards wanting to keep either. It's, it's sort of, again, you know, sometimes it's just guards or guards and, you know, they're interchangeable and that's why, you know, they switch teams more than tackles do. Gotcha. Thank you. Eric, fantastic stuff, man. Great catching up to you. Happy New Year. Congrats on the new venture at Sumer Sports. Again, at Eric Eager underscore on Twitter. People can just continue to follow you there. Thank you for the time, buddy. Appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yes, sir. Always love catching up with Eric. All right, a little bit of Ryan Tannehill talk in there with him, and maybe what should the Titans do? There's an intriguing – well, if they decide to let go of Ryan Tannehill, there's an intriguing thing to do with the timing. I'll let – let you know what that okay. is next. Also, Lucas is in my ear saying, if you want free Preds tickets, you need to come back. So we're about to give some away. You know. Playing Mickey 104.5 The Zone. So a lot of talks going to be about Ryan Tannehill. And we got a list of free agent guys. We can get into that. And we got lists of like who could be available to draft at 11. Or do they just, just throw everything and try to get number one so they could pick well, I'm definitely not doing that. Well, I, they don't, you know, uh-uh. that's uh-uh. a, I mean, would they do that? And then I'm going to blow your mind. I would trade superstar players on our team before I did that. Okay. This ain't no Herschel Walker deal. Ain't nothing like that happening. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm trying to collect collateral. So Ryan Tannehill's cap hit, uh, well known for 2023, $36.6 million. So you get into... With personnel moves, you can wait each year. It's two guys. I I didn't know what the number was, but I got, again, you know me, I told you I don't sleep, and I'll just start rabbit-holing down certain things. You can save two guys a year and designate them as cuts after June the 1st, mm-hmm. um, which you'll see the Titans. as a player. Right. Like Ian Rappaport or somebody will say. The period is kind of up for the higher-priced guy. Uh, right. Ian, Ian Rappaport or some of these guys, you'll hear them say, you know, the so-and-so team is going to cut this guy, but it will be done as a post-June 1 cut, and this will be weeks before that ever happens. So with Tannehill, if you did something, let's say tomorrow, you said, hey, man, thanks for everything. Thanks for the memories. We're going to let you go. His cap savings is 17.8, and his dead cap is 18.8. Ooh, I could sure go for an offensive tackle for 17 million if it was a stud out there. So here's, It doesn't seem like any studs are out there. Well. On free agency. And tackle. Orlando Brown was the biggest name and one only one, and I haven't watched him, but it, it doesn't make me feel like he's 17 million a year. So here's the interesting thing about the number being 17. That's also what Spot Track says the Titans are now over for next year. Oh yeah, they're over. They've been they've been at the sixteen million mark for a minute. Yeah. Yep. And, so, and that also is the number of Tenio. <laughs> so if you shook his hand and told him goodbye, you would literally zero yourself out. If you waited till after six one, you'd save twenty seven million. That's the number. Save Ooh. ten more this year because it splits the the remaining cap hit over two years, and you get a bigger savings this year. Mm. So 17.8 or 27. Those are the numbers. While you think about that, let me give these tickets away. Smashville calling all parrot heads. It's Margarita Night at the Preds game on January 26th versus ye old New Jersey Devils. You can be caller five now. Your chance 
to win tickets to see the Preds host the Devils January 26th at Bridgestone Arena. They're going to drop the puck at 7 o'clock. You can celebrate all your Jimmy Buffett magicalness. Margaritaville night. Buy a special theme night ticket. You get a Preds-branded Hawaiian shirt as well. Like I said, Jim White loves Hawaiian shirts. Give him the shirt if you don't want it. Experience Smashville this month. Visit NationalPredators.com slash tickets. And don't miss out. Games are awesome and fun. And caller 5-615-737-1045 will go to the game. So, Eric Eager, we're asking him, is there a point that you get to where you say blow it up or don't Great blow it Great question, up? Mickey. Yeah. And that rascal had a formula for it. He said, basically, it's time. <laughs> I'm sitting in the GM chair. That's all I need to hear. Yep. We about to blow this thing up. So that'd be the thing we'll be talking about tomorrow. Who gets blown up <laughs> off the tee? <laughs> hey, now it's going to be a nice little list. We got cab numbers. Uh, there are, again, okay, we'll we'll do the 24-hour tees or 23 hours that we do sometimes or 22, whatever it is, until the next show starts, 22 but we can give you some numbers on guys, and you'll go, okay, I like that guy, but he's got to go. Okay, I like that guy, but he's got to go. There are some pretty obvious ones uh, to get them right, but whether you rebuild or reload, I mean, you got to retool the whole offensive line. You need another mm-hmm. cornerback. You need a tackle. You need receiver. a guard. You need a receiver. Do you let Nate Davis go? Just we just looked at Nate Davis. You said, you know, I, I don't know, like three years, $21 million, so we have to get up on spot track. Twenty-one. It was 22, 22, but it's seven and change each year to get them to 22. So you called that. But all right, tomorrow, salary cap numbers crunching. We'll also look at the quarterback position. uh, And we want to uh, have you join that discussion with us. And Buck Rising's going to join us too. And you can join us with that. We hope he, you know, doesn't have a haircut planned or anything. That'll wrestle. What he may have to do with beer. (laughs) All right, well, maybe we'll trim his beard on the show tomorrow. You never know, but you do know this. Three HLs coming up next. But in the meantime, in between time, peace. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school yeah, just I hurt see. me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.